Hey there, podcast listeners. Exciting news. My new audiobook, The Short Book Formula, a financial professional's guide to writing a book in six weeks to attract ideal clients, is out now. And the best part, for a limited time, we're offering this audiobook to you for free. Hurry over to www.theshortbookformula.com and claim your copy now. And now, on to our show. Hey everyone, this is Paul McManus, the host of the Million Dollar Producer Show, and I am here with my special guest today, Amy Evans. Amy is the owner of Calibri Insurance Services and the founder of Align Women Mastermind and podcast. Um, you, man, you're doing a lot of things. Very busy right now. That's awesome. So I'm excited to have you on the show. Um, and Amy is, um, her, her day job, if you will, is she is a, she's an expert when it comes to um, health insurance for businesses of 100 people or smaller. And she's also an expert when it comes to creating win-win referral relationships with people who serve comp complimentary clients. And so um, even though she's not a life insurance person, I asked her to come on the show because where I see the opportunity to create so much more success um, in our businesses is to, in addition to using LinkedIn and other tools, is to create those win-win relationships where you're creating more and more referrals coming into your business. So with all that said, welcome, Amy. It's so glad to have, I'm so glad to have you here today. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So let's start by um, talking a little bit about you know, who you are um, and how did you become the person that you are today? Is there any kind of defining moment that you know, stood out that got you to where the level of success you are today as a health insurance broker? From a career perspective, I've been in the insurance industry on the life and health side for 16 years. I worked 10 years with an insurance carrier and knew that that wasn't a lifetime career and that I wanted to transition into the health insurance broker world after having worked when I was on the carrier side with brokers for most of that 10 years. I saw what they did on the outside in terms of uh, working with the clients, open enrollment meetings, assisting employees. I was part of strategy conversations when we were building employee benefits packages and going through renewals. And I knew that's where I wanted to transition. So after 10 years on the carrier side, I went with a large national firm that uh, handled both property and casualty insurance and employee benefits and spent two and a half years learning the ropes of the employee benefits uh, world on the inside. So learning how to work with carriers, how to negotiate, how to do sophisticated uh, employee benefit plans like level funded and self-funded plans and really learn the industry and made the contacts I needed uh, to eventually start my own agency. And I did that because I really enjoy working with entrepreneurs, with startup businesses, with mom and pop businesses that were having success. And in the large broker world, there's typically a minimum amount of revenue that an agency is willing to, to take on. Uh, and smaller clients, when they don't meet that, don't get the services and the strategy that the larger agencies can provide. 
And because I'd worked on the carrier side and I had a lot of uh, client, good client relationships, uh, I wanted to be able to give those kinds of companies the level of service I had learned um, in an environment where I was supported and encouraged to do so. And the best way to do that was to start my own agency, which I did four years ago. Amazing. Um, you know, and just in getting to know you, I can see that there's quite a bit of an entrepreneurial streak. And so in addition to taking that risk and starting your own agency, um, you also founded Aligned Women, which we'll get to in a little bit. For, you know, whether it's a business owner or whether it's a financial advisor um, listening to this, what are some of those, I don't know, myths or misconceptions that you think that they might have when it comes to what you do? So... I think it's really important for for an employer or a financial advisor to understand that in the insurance world, lots of us have specialties. Um, just because I'm a life and health insurance agent doesn't mean I know everything about Medicare, doesn't mean I know everything about the individual insurance industry, or uh, since you work Paul with a lot of life insurance agents I don't I don't know anything about large life insurance policies and all of the strategies that that those can serve for for clients mm -hmm. so I am uh, a specialist in employee benefits and I, I think it's really important when a business is looking at either implementing a new plan because they're they're a startup and they want to put a plan in place to attract and retain employees or they've hit that magic 50 employee mark, uh, which requires them to uh, have Affordable Care Act compliant policies in place or face penalties. It's really important to have a specialist in employee benefits who understands the carriers that play in that space, the strategies that are available, the compliance issues that that need to be considered, uh, like, like things like reporting, um, making sure that the, the documentation on the back end is, is sufficient in case there's an audit and uh, someone who handles individual insurance or life insurance or even property and casualty and workers' comp insurance isn't necessarily going to be aware of all of the ins and outs. And so I think it's really important to work with someone who understands the complexities of employee benefits. Very cool. Um, and this is a similar question. And so if there's anything else, if there's anything else that comes to mind, but you know, for a financial advisor now listening to this, and this could be perhaps a CPA or a wealth manager or, you know, life insurance producer, from their perspective, not necessarily their clients, what value do you bring to the table when it comes to their business? So I'm going to make them look really, really good. <laughs> typically, <laughs> typically when I'm working with a financial advisor, um, they're contacting me because they have an employer group that has a problem. It may be a, a client that they're working with on an individual basis. Uh, if, if it's a high-end life insurance salesperson, um, typically someone who's, who's playing in that space maybe owns a business or two and that's how they're making their money. And then they've got employees and, and they may be either wanting to, like I said, attract and retain good employees or they've, they've run into a problem uh, and, and they need to get it fixed quickly. And that problem could be that they've gotten an ACA penalty letter. It could be that they have an audit uh, from another issue through the Department of Labor that is potentially gonna, gonna create more penalties if they don't get their employee benefits program in line. Uh, and I often get contacted by CPAs 
who in the process of working with high net worth individuals who have businesses discover that um, there's, there's two very common things. Either uh, when the business started and it was truly a mom and pop, mm -hmm. they set up a small group health insurance plan just to cover, say, the, the, the two people who started the business. And now they have 40 employees and they've moved into a warehouse, but they never bothered to tell the carrier that they hired 38 other people. And uh, they, it, it didn't occur to them that they were creating a discrimination issue because they weren't offering that coverage to all their other employees. The other issue that comes up with uh, CPAs who are working on, on business uh, books is that sometimes in that mom and pop situation, uh, they may not put a group health plan in place, but they really, really, really want to take care of those couple employees that have been with them for, from the beginning. Mm. And those employees have their own individual health plans. And so the owners decide, well, we'll just write you a check to help you cover the cost of your insurance plan. And they don't realize that the financial advisors realize, but the business owners don't realize that they're creating a discrimination issue that could really open them up to some, some problematic and costly uh, penalties. And so um, I am often called in to go in and, and either clean up a plan that has been set up that way and has, has really gone sideways or to implement a new plan in order to make sure that everything is, is clean from the get-go. Very cool. When it comes to your, um, when it comes to Col Calibri Insurance Services or your work as a health broker, are there any questions that I haven't asked that you think would be important for a financial advisor to be aware of? The the thing that I would whisper in everybody's ear, if I could, uh, and and, and you are and, right now. <laughs> get, yeah, exactly. What an amazing opportunity, <laughs> and get them to understand is that. Oftentimes, uh, business owners believe that they can only change their broker relationship at the time that their insurance contract renews. And I, I think that is a disservice, uh, believing that is a disservice to the employer and also a disservice to the broker um, because changing a broker relationship at the same time that you're changing your insurance contract is is double the amount of work and, and can be really difficult to do all at the same time. Um, changing a broker relationship can happen at any time during the year and it has no negative impact on the existing contract in place. So it doesn't change the benefits and it doesn't change the rates. And if an employer is unhappy with their current broker relationship and they aren't getting the level of service that they want, the employees aren't given, getting the level of service that they need, it is a benefit to everybody to make that change outside of the contract renewal so that the relationship can get established, the onboarding process can happen, the carrier records can get updated, and then all of that is running smoothly by the time you get to the contract renewal and the open enrollment period. You've recently created a mastermind called Aligned Women, um, and you have a lot of expertise when it comes to before you created this, you have a lot of expertise when it comes to being part of a mastermind or you know, being part of different uh, networking groups. What was it that made you decide it was time to start your own mastermind for women? You're right. I've been in sales for 20 plus years here in Los Angeles, and I've been in a lot of different versions of both formal and informal networking organizations. And in 
LA, and this, this may not be the case in other places, but certainly in Los Angeles, um, in the small business arena, uh, new business is done through trusted advisor relationships. Yeah. Uh, business owners aren't fighting traffic to go to happy hours after uh, business hours. It's trusted advisors who are, who are making things move when we're talking accounting, insurance, law. And while I was a part of uh, some very high-end networking groups, I felt like I was fishing to find the people that shared the same types of clients I did, shared the same types of contacts at those clients so that the introductions uh, were with, with people that we were already talking to, and shared the same level of energy and interest. And I am, I am not shy that I am an entrepreneurial woman with high energy who enjoys being around other entrepreneurial women with high energy and they are my tribe and I like to help them succeed. So the, the other organizations that I was a part of were not organizations that equally represented professional men and professional women. So I felt like I was a minority. And when I was in a room of 25, there were maybe one or two who were in the types of industries I was interested in, in the types of positions I was interested in, were driving sales like I was, which to me, uh, people who drive sales are the most interesting referral relationships because they're as hungry for revenue as I am. Yeah. And uh, a lot of the people in those rooms were not um, talking to the same people I was at my clients and, and sharing the same types of clients. So it occurred to me uh, and this is, I think, the definition of the entrepreneurial spirit. If I couldn't find what I wanted, I needed to build it myself. And so the idea for Align Women was to create a mastermind of uh, women in professional services who are responsible for driving revenue for their businesses, whether it's their own business or whether they're in a sales function for a larger business, and uh, who are all working with uh, small and medium-sized clients like I am in my geographic region so that any one of those people I could take with me on a client meeting, I could go with to a networking event, I could attend one of their educational events, they could attend one of my educational events, we could co-write an article together, we could promote each other on social media, and we should be exposing each other to the same types of clients and really amplify our referral efforts. And I started the first mastermind in June. Mm -hmm. We generated our first revenue from referrals in August. Mm -hmm. uh, we doubled that and did it again in September. And we are committed to a 12 month process. There are nine women in the group. And the idea is to build this platform so that it can be duplicated for other women around the country who want to build their own masterminds. I'm very aware that the types of women I want to work with are not necessarily the right fit. You have a lot of life insurance uh, specialists in, in your audience. And I recognize that that my clients might not be of interest to them and their clients might not be of interest to me, but they could build their own masterminds of yeah. 10 or 12 other women who are all sharing similar clients and, uh, and, and create the same type of high level referral, uh, uh, 
community that I have in mind. That's fantastic. And there's a couple of things that you said that I want to go a little bit deeper on. You know, I, I, I myself have been involved in different, you know, quote unquote, networking groups, um, oftentimes disappointed by some of the things that you mentioned, whether it's, you know, it's, um, I think you mentioned provisors, I've been involved in the chamber, the young professionals organization, service clubs. And my experience with it is that typically, either they forget their mission, which is to, you know, fundamentally, it's there as a business development type marketing referral thing. And they don't focus that on that enough to the other members in it are not aligned. So that, you know, even if, you know, even if they were more engaged in providing referrals, it wasn't necessarily a good fit for me. And I think the third one, which you touched upon, which I think is so powerful, is that at the end of the day, to give a referral, not just to receive one, but to give one, you have to really build strong relationships with people. People, and you said, you know, you tribe, people that you, you know, are, you know, you energetically want to spend time with, you know, get to know, see successful, and you're just as interested in seeing them be successful as you are having them help you become successful. Um, can you go, um, any of those topics, can you share a little bit more about, um, you know, how you have started, how, how you've created Aligned Women so that those dynamics are in place? Because I'm sure that the other ones have good intentions, right? I mean, you know, all these different organizations, I mean, that's the stated purpose typically. They have good intentions, but where is it that they've gone wrong that you're, you're now fundamentally putting in place for everyone to be successful? So many good things there. <laughs> so, so the first is I totally agree with you that a lot of those types of organizations have lost their way in terms of what their focus is. And, and, and the focus is, is to build revenue. And that's a really interesting conversation with women who I don't think focus on that as much. It's, it's I don't want to say it's a dirty word. I certainly, certainly don't make it a dirty word. But, but I think in, in business conversations, we as women don't talk enough about wanting to drive revenue and what is our most, what's our most profitable service or product? And do we have a, a, a lost leader? And, and what does that bring us when we bring that to the table? And, and I made a commitment when starting Align Women that the number one focus of our group was to build revenue. So we track it. And when we finish this first cycle of the mastermind, we will have publishable results in terms of, of how much we increased revenue for the members. And I am always keeping that front and center. I want everyone to like each other. I want everyone to be active with each other and get along with each other. But most of all, I want our members to benefit from, from the revenue generating opportunities that we're creating. So all of our conversations are focused on revenue. How do you determine if someone's a good fit? I built the first mastermind around the, the types of women who share uh, my, my client base. Mm -hmm. So because I'm an employee benefits broker, I'll, I'll give you a, a handful of the, the other women that are, mm -hmm. that are in the group. We have a payroll specialist, an IT consultant, an employment law attorney, an HR consultant. And logically, those people are talking to the same people I am at, at the same types of companies that I want to work with. So I, I picked them primarily for their, their 
how their positions complement what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I pick them because they are all in a sales function. So mm -hmm. they either own their own company, mm -hmm. uh, they own a franchise and they're responsible for driving revenue or, and this was surprising to me, the employment law attorney who is a partner at a large firm is still responsible for bringing in a certain level of revenue as mm -hmm. a partner each year. So she's in a sales function, even though if you ask me to list off salespeople, an attorney wouldn't be, wouldn't, wouldn't come to mind as a salesperson, but she's certainly responsible for driving revenue. Um, so complementary industries in a sales function. And then I was really looking for high energy people. To me, engagement is, is extremely important. If, if you're not gonna, if you're not gonna show up and participate with the group, I, I, you're not my person for, yeah. for my group. So we are engaged uh, in monthly meetings on Zoom. We are engaged in that everyone's paired up with another member over the course of the month and they are tasked with coming up with a marketing activity, hmm. whether it's writing an article together, going to an event together, um, bringing one of the pair out to meet the other person's client, um, there, there's a, a wide variety of, of activities and I, I call those all networking with intention. Sure. So we work on building those networking with intention activities. Um, so engagement is really, really important. Engagement on social media isn't an obligation. Mm -hmm. It's certainly helpful. Mm -hmm. And we work very hard to promote each other and cheer each other on and, and, and highlight each other and share each other's successes on social media. Um, so I would say that's a, while not a requirement, it mm -hmm. certainly is a, a very helpful factor. And then you, you brought up a, another point earlier that I, I think is really important. Trust is a very important element of, of creating this container because th these are people that I'm referring to my clients, taking to my clients and trusting with my clients. And of course, I want them to make me look good. Mm -hmm. I think it's really important to note that trust is given and not earned, meaning when we entered into this community, we gave each other the highest levels of trust. And that will continue to be given as long as we all continue to demonstrate it. So it, it's, not an, it's, not a, it's not a group of people where I say, well, I'm gonna give you my crappiest client and see how you do with that. Mm. And then if you do okay, maybe I'll consider giving you one of my better clients. And if you do okay with that, maybe I'll consider giving you one of my better clients, which is my experience in some of those larger networking organizations. Sure. This is a very different approach where trust is given at the highest level from the beginning. And I believe that another factor that makes this format work um, along the lines of the question you were asking earlier is that there has to be leadership. And I don't find in those other organizations, even when there's someone in the role of a group leader, mm -hmm. they're, they're wrangling everybody to show up at the meetings. They're making sure everybody gets their 60 seconds to pitch, mm -hmm. but there isn't an, a lot of active pairing up of people, of, of making sure that, that this one understands what that one does, that we're working on highlighting you know, each, each member's strengths and niches and, and, and specialties. I, I, am a, I am a reluctant leader in this role, 
but I recognize that in order to make it work, there needs to be someone in a leadership role that's really driving this. And I think that's another thing that sets the Align Women format apart. And that's why when I get to the point of rolling this template out, I'm not looking for members of masterminds, I'm looking for leaders of masterminds. The leaders find their own members. Yep. And part of the trust gets established, at least it, it, it does in my mastermind, because the people I selected trust me and know that I am selecting the highest quality people. And those are the kinds of leaders that I'll be looking for in the future to run their own masterminds. That's awesome. If only I was a woman, I would join. <laughs> I would apply to join. Um. Well, it's not restricted. We'll see what happens. Sure. That, that, no, it, it, it's, it's funny. I, I, I have my own mastermind and, you know, it's, it's not for women, but for, but for some reason I attract women. And so it's, it's by default, it's almost all women. So <laughs> maybe I would fit in. Who knows? Um, Who knows? One of the things I've found, so in my own business, business and businesses, I've, you know, I've, I've oftentimes partnered with other people. And as you know, it's, you start in, into what it really sounds like you're creating is uh, almost a partnership of sorts, right? Where you're putting, you're starting with a high level of trust. You're really doing all the things to um, establish maximum value for each other. Um, and at the same time, you know, I've learned myself that it's always good to start with an exit strategy, meaning that um, someone comes in new and, you know, there's a lot of, you know, high energy and there's a lot of good things about to happen, but for whatever reason, it doesn't work out. Maybe their personality wise is the wrong fit. Maybe they're not contributing to the group, et cetera. Um, I don't know that you've had that experience yet, but do you have a mechanism to maintain the quality of the group? Because that can oftentimes be uncomfortable, but by the same token, you know, a bad apple can spoil the bunch, as they say. Right. So... Yes, I have had that experience. We started off with 10 members and in the first, we're in our fourth month, we lost, we've lost two. We lost one in the third month and we lost one in the fourth month. Uh, the first one I will take responsibility for. Um, she contacted me through uh, social media when I put the call out for mastermind members hmm. and she was in another state. And initially when I laid out sort of the ideal mastermind member profile, geographic proximity was mm -hmm. important to me. She serves clients all over the country. And so she pushed hard for wanting to be a part of this because she couldn't find anything like this in her area. Mm -hmm. And I invited her to join the mastermind. And after three months, she said, it's, I don't think it's working. It's too far away. Yeah. Our monthly meetings are on Zoom. So mm -hmm. that's not a, a geographical exclusion. Um, but certainly we have uh, industry events, networking events, mm -hmm. um, uh, social events where geographical proximity makes it easier. Sure. Um, so when I do this again, uh, which I will because I will build, be building my own mastermind version two in June of 2020. Um, geographical proximity will be a, a qualifier for sure. Um, so that, that was an easy exit because she chose that. Uh, the other member just stopped participating mm. and didn't give me any communication about why. Um, and after a period of time that now I believe is longer than it needed to be, 
uh, I removed her from the invitations and uh, notified the other women that she was no longer a part of the group. Yeah. So in this format, at this point, it's, it's lack of engagement that mm -hmm. selects somebody for elimination. Sure. And luckily that's not too messy. Yeah. Um, poor, poor behavior, I hope we never have to deal with. <laughs> I'm sure at some point, once this becomes a national platform, sure. that, sure. that issue is gonna come up. Um, but, but really people self-select for elimination based on their lack of engagement. And they, if, if they're not putting in anything into it, they're certainly not getting anything out of it. Sure. And as soon as um, the first person left the group, I had someone else in her place in two weeks. Hmm. So I was able to replace her. So we went from 10 to eight and then we went back up to nine um, because I had other people who saw the value in what we were doing. And she received her first referral in a week of being a member. Oh wow, 30 cool. years now. Um, you have just launched a new podcast and I believe it's called Aligned Women Podcast. Right. Um, tell me, what is this podcast? Why are you launching in it? Um, and how can our viewers potentially benefit from it? So I am really excited to have a new platform to share uh, my relationships with really amazing women who are doing innovative things in their personal and professional lives. So I'm an entrepreneur by nature. I create things when I can't find them and, and want them and see a need for them. And there are all kinds of amazing women out there who are doing their own creating, uh, partners at, at law firms that have traditionally been really male dominated, uh, women who've built their own businesses. Uh, one of the women in my mastermind is a, an IT services franchise owner and of 130 franchise owners, she was the first woman and is now only one of four women. So I'm really excited to have conversations with these innovative, outside of the box, forward thinking women about where they came from, how they got where they are, uh, what inspires them, what motivates them, what's coming next for them. Uh, there's all kinds of amazing women out there doing amazing things. And I really want to, to build a platform where they can share what they're doing. So my final question for you, Amy, is you know for a person watching this podcast you know based off all your years of experience uh, in insurance and sales and running your own business as an entrepreneur and creating um, mastermind groups um, what is your final piece of advice for someone when it comes to attracting and converting high value clients my best advice if i was talking to my myself just entering into uh, the insurance world when I, when I did 16 years ago is build really, really strong relationships with people you really connect with that feel like your tribe. Um, people who, who speak your same language, who have your same energy, who, who value long-term, really deep, really solid relationships uh, that you can trust and, and that want to see you succeed as much as you want to see them succeed. Develop those relationships, hold on to them very tightly, um, and be willing to, to build that on your own if you can't find it in any, any sort of professional networking organization. Uh, I, I don't believe that 
the old throw the spaghetti against the wall and see if it sticks or, or the old pitch and pray approach to networking. I don't believe it has to be that way. My time is more valuable than any other resource that I have. And I would much rather have very deep, very strong relationships um, than, than, than a hundred business cards on my desk from people that I've only met briefly. Uh, and, and I don't really know if there's any synergy. So, so I, my advice is look, look for the synergy um, because those introductions will be um, quicker, easier, and, and more um, aligned with what you're doing than, than any other uh, way that you can build your business. I think that's amazing advice. I couldn't agree more. And I would just add to it that as we talked about, it's that you, know, you want to surround yourself with people that you're as excited about giving them a referral as you are them giving you referrals because of that energetic engagement that you have with them, which you're exemplifying so well. So thank you, Amy, for your time today, your expertise, and being a guest on the Million Dollar Producer Show. Thanks for having me.